Hi, this is Daniela Wolf with Bestie Life, the podcast, and this is your community to support you through the little and not so little events that make up your day-to-day life. From the I've got this moments to the Ugh, I just can't moments, we are here to empower all women to find and develop the skills they need to find peace, balance, and the bliss in their busy through solo episodes as well as interviews with amazing women who share their journey and their story and how it works for you. I hope you find the inspirations to make you laugh, think, as well as maybe rethink what you thought you knew and connect as we realize that we are all living similar ups and downs and don't have to do it alone. So excited for you to hear this episode and thanks so much for joining me today. Hi, this is Daniela with Bestie Life, the podcast. And today I'm excited you get to meet Natalie Feynman. She is a certified life coach specializing in weight loss, stress resilience, and mental fitness. She helps overweight, exhausted, and stressed out women really create energized lives so they can finally look and feel like who they were meant to be. So thank you so much, Natalie, for joining me today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I know that was kind of a a broad general overview of who you are and what you do. So if you could share a little bit more about your personal story, journey, and how you help women. Absolutely. So I actually am a veterinarian for the last 32 years and only more recently became a coach. And it kind of all ties together. Um, for, For your listeners who may not know, veterinary medicine is a very stressful profession. There is a whole lot of depression, anxiety, anxiety, lots of unhappy people, uh, even a pretty significant rate of suicide. And so I was, I was really kind of starting to feel like my whole life was falling into a black hole. I was constantly uh, just depressed. I didn't really see an optimistic future for myself. My whole life uh, for about 30 years kind of fell into this black hole of just eat, sleep, work, repeat. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed like that was going to be, you know, the story of the rest of my life. And I, I just didn't feel like I had anything left to look forward to. I started to eat like, uh, like a lot of people, I, I started to soothe myself with food. And so my weight just gradually ballooned more and more over the years. And um, I think it kind of all came to a head in about 2008. Um, I tore my ACL um, doing, um, I'm, I'm a jujitsu practitioner as well. And uh, I, so I, I, I tore my ACL and I just kind of started to realize, you know, this is the beginning of my body falling apart. You know, I, I can't keep doing this to myself. So I started with all the usual, you know, trying this diet, trying that exercise routine. And it just, it would work for a little while. And then like probably most people, I, I just couldn't keep it up. I just, it, it started to feel too restrictive to too much deprivation and, and it, it just continued to spiral. And then in 2019, I just kind of accidentally stumbled across a weight loss group that was run by a life coach. And she had a completely different approach. There was no food that was off limits. There was no calories that you were allowed to have every day. It was all completely mindset work, you know, not what you eat, but why you eat and really starting to drill down on what are these emotions that I'm trying to smother when, when I'm sitting down with a a pint of ice cream at the end of the day. And as, so as I started to do this work, 
I realized it was almost like an accident. Like I started to feel happier. I started to feel more optimistic. My depression started lifting. My relationships got better. I was a much happier and calmer person to be around at work. And my whole life started to improve just because of the internal work that I was doing. And so over the course of about 18 months, I lost 85 pounds just doing the mindset work, never restricting myself, you know, learn, learning more about why I'm, I'm using food as a tool to manage my emotional state, mm -hmm. uh, finding better solutions. And that's when it really kind of hit me that, you know, my, my life had been completely transformed by a life coach. And I saw the same coach doing the same thing for hundreds, thousands of other women. And I just kind of realized I can't imagine a better way to spend the rest of my life than paying this gift forward and helping other, other women to, uh, to have those same moments of insight and inspiration that I had and to change their lives for the better. I, so that's, that's when I decided, you know, when, when COVID hit, and everything shut down. It was the perfect opportunity for me to just take take a step in a new direction. And that's when I went into uh, coach training school. And here I am. <laughs> I love I love this philosophy. It's such a different way to approach it. Um, I always include the way you eat as part of your self care because it is not just about the food and the calories and the energy and all of that, but it is such an internal part of how we cope, how we connect the relationship we have with food or whether it's, you know, even like when people use alcohol as a, as a means to kind of cope with their stress rather than really acknowledge what are they feeling? Cause when we, the way we think affects the way we feel, which affects the way we act. And like you said, what, by starting with that mindset is huge because when you're going to feel differently about the food, you're going to approach food relationships, everything else differently. So I can see how it's so life transformative. <laughs> Absolutely. And honestly, you know, I think at the core of all of it was, I, I really started to love myself for the first time in my life. Mm -hmm. There is nothing more painful than living with the weight of, of just despising yourself, feeling like a failure, feeling like you're not good enough, like you're unlovable. And that it, for me, and I think for a lot of people was really the driving force behind why I was just constantly turning to food mm -hmm. because it was, you know, it was my reliable friend. It was always there. It never judged me, but it came with a pretty big price tag. Yeah. And I think even different foods make us feel different ways. And I think when we're tired, we turn to carbs or different things like that. And again, we're not addressing that issue, but I love how it's, you know, again, that philosophy of self-care is not about you. It's about how you show up for everybody else, whether you then have the energy to be with your kids, you have the energy to connect with others, you feel better about yourself. And when you love yourself and feel good about yourself, it does spread that to everybody else. Absolutely. You, know? you become a gift to the people around you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I, I think it's just just a different way to approach it too, because it doesn't, even though it affects everyone in a positive way, I think sometimes when people get on, you know, whether it's different diets, whether it's keto or restricting calories, or it becomes from a place of deprivation, as well as, you know, you sit down to a family meal and your kids and your husband or partner or spouse or your friends are all eating one thing and you're yeah. eating something else. I think mm -hmm. that takes it to a different place as well, probably. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause you're focused on what you don't get to have anymore. What's been taken away from you. It starts to feel like a punishment. And when you focus on why it's so miserable and how much you hate it and how much it sucks, 
nobody's going to stay with with uh, any kind of a plan when when it's miserable. You know, you can white knuckle your way through something for a few weeks or a few months, but you you really the, what what I try to tell my clients and and the people that I speak to is if if you can't see yourself living this way for the rest of your life and enjoying it, don't even start doing it because it's even in in my opinion it's even more stressful to white knuckle your way through a miserable diet for a couple of months lose some weight and then not be able to keep it up because you hate it so much. Mm -hmm. And then the weight comes back and then you feel like even a bigger failure and you, you actually increase the stress that you put on yourself, which increases your drive to soothe yourself with food. So you really need to shift to a a positive focus. So if you don't love it, don't do it. Right. Well, cause also too, if you try and restrict everybody else's diet around you, that's not going to improve your relationship with them because they're not in the same place emotionally, mentally that you are. Yeah. Isn't it amazing how, when you announce you're going to go on a diet, your spouse and your kids aren't jumping up and down with enthusiasm. <laughs> Yay. Let's all do it together. No, because they know when you go on a diet, then they're going to, they're going to have to be doing the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to give up all the things that they love. So it's, it's not a surprise that they don't want to participate and I think where a lot of us make that mistake is expecting everybody else to do it with us and mm-hmm. seeing it as a betrayal if they don't, you know, why, why are they still ordering takeout three times a week when they know I'm trying to lose weight? You know, they're trying to sabotage me. No, they're not. They're just, they're, they're doing what they want to do because they enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And your, your motivation, your, your underlying, your, your drive, your, your why, why do you want to make this change? It has to be inspirational enough and motivating enough to be able to survive not having that that family participation. I mean, it would be nice to have it, but we can't rely on it and we can't we can't blame other people for not wanting to do it with us because that's just going to exactly like you said, that's just going to put more stress on our relationships. I almost think sometimes, too, when we're modeling something positive that we're doing for ourselves and we start getting positive effects that's more attractive to people as far as wanting to take on what you're doing than when they see you kind of, like you said, white knuckling and struggling through something, nobody wants something hard, but if they see you are doing different habits, taking care of yourself in a different way, and wow, you are doing amazing. And, you know, having all these other benefits of your relationships and your diet and your weight loss and things like that, that's going to attract people to want to be a part of what you're doing. Absolutely. We can inspire other people towards us, but we can't drag them. We can't make them. And also, you know, think about what kind of evidence they've seen of you in the past. Have you ever announced before that you were going to lose weight and go on a diet or a workout program and not followed through with it? So if they've seen you give up over and over and over again, it's not really a surprise that they're not really hundred percent on board. When you make that, that same announcement, you have to show them, yes, I am going to be consistent no, I'm not going to take out my frustrations on you. I'm, I'm going to relax. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to let you do what you want to do. And I'm going to make it work this time. And over time, they will, they will start to realize, hey, you know, it's real this time. Let me see what I can do to, to be part of this because I like this person. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So we're, cause I'm sure this uncovers a lot of things for people, even like you said, they come in thinking weight loss and it becomes so much more. So what's that first place that someone who's, you know, looking into this likes the appeal of this type of approach, what would be that first place to think of starting? The first place that, that I usually start with is the emotions. What is that underlying need that, that you're trying to fill with food? And, and so much of the time when you really peel back all the layers of the the onion, it really comes down to 
those feelings of self-judgment, feeling not good enough, like I just, I'm not lovable. Nobody's ever going to love me. I'm a failure. I, I can't do anything right. And that's, that's what has to change because your, your self image, your feeling about yourself, just, it permeates everything you do. And it's like, you know, yeah, again, I talk about willpower and and just being able to white knuckle through something that that you really aren't enjoying for a short period of time. But willpower is an exhaustible resource. It does not last forever. And if your negative emotions are just piling up and piling up, it's like your willpower is a dam holding back the weight of all this water. And eventually that dam's going to break and all those negative emotions just come rushing out. And that's when people say that they fell off the wagon. That's when they start mm-hmm. to spiral and regain the weight. And it's, it's a vicious cycle. When, when you, when that happens, then you look at yourself in the mirror and you say, I'm, I'm an even bigger failure than I thought. I can't do this. I can't do anything right. And there's more negativity And there's more drive to turn back to those old self-soothing behaviors, whatever your habit is, whatever you've turned to in the past to make yourself feel better. That's where you're going to turn if you haven't created a better solution. So it starts with day one, learning to love and appreciate yourself and to accept your flaws and your limitations and to know that you're not going to be perfect. And and that's okay. And just to make every day just 1% better than the day before. Yeah. I always like to say, it's not just okay. Like to own it. Like that's, that's your, your, your spice of what makes you, you are those flaws and those differences rather than trying to be the same as everyone else. But also I I would think as part of the mindset, there's a difference between willpower and discipline, right? Yeah. So discipline is, is really, it's, it's your ability to consistently show up and do the thing that maybe you're having a bad day or you just don't feel like it, or it's raining and you don't want to go outside, go to the gym or, you know, whatever it is, your willingness to endure discomfort in order to keep moving ahead towards your goal. Mm-hmm. And willpower is, is really, it's, it's such a fragile thing. And, and I really think it's a mistake for us to, to rely so heavily on it because it's going to betray us. Mm-hmm. And if, if you don't have a more um, meaningful inspiration, a more, um, fundamental motivation from within you. Why is it, for example, like the example of, of weight loss, why do you want to lose weight? If they, if, if somebody says, well, you know, it's because I don't want people to look at me and, and judge me and snicker that that's what I call an, an external motivation. You're, you're trying to change other people's opinion of you. That is not going to see you through all of those days when you don't feel like it. And the, the days that you have a bad day at work or the boss yelled at you and you're stressed out and you just want something to feel better. It really needs to be, I want to be here to walk my daughter down the aisle or to play with my grandkids. It's something that is going to be uplifting and inspiring for the rest of your life. And it has to come from within you, mm-hmm. not from outside of you. Yeah, no, that's a great analogy, as well as just the the way you spell it out. You know, willpower is about something you're deprived. Discipline, you're adding those positive mm-hmm. things. Yeah. And I think when we can reframe that mindset part of it, so that discipline's not a dirty word, <laughs> habits <laughs> are not a bad word, all those types of things, is what's going to help you stick with them in such a more powerful way than just the weight loss. Absolutely. Yes. And, and just like you said, discipline, you are working towards something that you 
aspire to, not something that you are having to make yourself do out of a fear or wanting to avoid something. Mm-hmm. You always want to work. You want, you want, you want to be pulled forward rather than pushing yourself away from something that you, that you want to avoid. That's how you maintain your, your motivation and your consistency and your discipline day after day over a long period of time. Right. So on your personal journey, what are some of the things that you've adopted into your daily practices and habits to help you maintain the, that positive place and mindset? I do a lot of self-esteem work on myself because for my entire life, I've had very low self-esteem, always felt like I was just never good enough. And I had to earn whatever respect or affection or connection that, that I wanted to get from other people. Never that it was innately part of me and that I deserve to be loved and respected. And I deserve the deep, meaningful connections that I want just because I'm alive, just because I'm a human being. So I turned into this workaholic hyperachiever just to, to try to earn the things that I, that I wanted in life. And it got me, like I said, it got me to 240 pounds, miserable, depressed, and just not seeing any kind of a future for myself. And my solution was just, well, I, you know, I have to work harder. I have to do better. I have to do like more and more and more just clinging onto the same toxic um, path that I thought was going to bring me forward. If I just, if I just did it well enough or made fewer mistakes or, you know, whatever, whatever it was that I was trying to accomplish, I didn't really have that, that bird's eye view of how, how destructive it was to my, my health, my well-being, my, my opinion of myself, my self-esteem was actually suffering and getting worse over time, adopting that philosophy. Once I started to, to really get into that, that concept that you mentioned before about how our thoughts create our feelings and our feelings control our actions and our actions create our results. It really starts with changing the way you think. Mm -hmm. And I, I couldn't, I couldn't really expect to generate any kind of positive results in life, hating myself, looking at myself like a failure and just that I, I realized that that was really the part that needed to change. So I have been focusing on a, on a very deep level with uh, creating love and empathy for myself, realizing that my value is intrinsic, that I was born with it. I don't have to earn it. I don't have to create it. I don't have to bargain for it. Um, I don't have to pretend to be something that I'm not in order to get it. So that, that I think has really been the most fundamental shift for me. That's fantastic. And I love the insight because that's not always a place that's easy to get to. And so to be able to, to recognize and share that, because I think that's the part where we just see, like you said, the tangible outside results Mm -hmm. and that inside part, I think doesn't get talked about enough to know it's not just the the numbers on the scale. It's not just the vision that you see in the mirror, but it's something so much bigger inside of you that can sustain and last for a long time. And you, you cannot make long-term lifestyle changes unless you do the inside work. I mean, focusing mm-hmm. on the obvious thing in front of you, the number on the scale, however many calories you think you're going to eat that day, whatever kind of food you think you can't have that it's, it's a distraction, really. It's, mm-hmm. it's not going to get you the long-term, the permanent results that you want. Yeah. And I think just in general, like our bodies change so much over time to try and find <laughs> one thing and think it's going to last. Like when I was in my teens, I could eat a half gallon of ice cream and it was fine. Yeah. And then I hit 20 and holy cow, I looked at it and it was poof. And then yeah. hitting menopause, you know, it, it's just a different ball game in so many ways. Absolutely. And so, you know, that mindset part can stay throughout as you have to adapt and change the way you're 
eating based on what your body needs and hormones and stress is going to affect the way your body processes foods and sleep is going to affect all those different things. And so, like I said, there's so many external things that that internal piece is the one constant you get to have throughout all of it. Yeah, for sure. The thing for me that, that I find that I really need to pay the most attention to is that little voice in the back of my head that says, I deserve it. I earned it. You know, I, I, I need just a little treat, you know, something, something to make me feel better. And that, that just starts that, that gradual creep back in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. So I have to keep reminding myself, you know, what I deserve is to not be frustrated and, and dejected when I step on the scale tomorrow. Right. What I've earned is the ability to love myself without poisoning myself with, with food that my body doesn't need, right. you know? And, and to me, the, the real tragedy is rewarding myself, thinking I'm rewarding myself with something that is actually causing and accelerating a deterioration in my health and my self-esteem, you know, giving, giving myself, giving my body more food than it needs, forcing it to turn it into fat which I then have to carry around with me 24 seven, mm-hmm. that is not a reward, you know, and, and that is not what I deserve. Right. But you said it's also not about deprivation. So it's not like it don't beat yourself up if you do choose to have that brownie or that cookie, because that's right. okay, too. Right. Because the minute you start beating yourself up, then you dredge up all those negative feelings again, which you then have to make yourself feel better about. And it starts that cycle. Well, you know, I already screwed up because I had the brownie. So let me just have these cookies and this ice cream and I'll just start again on Monday. One, like I, I always say, mistakes do not deserve compound interest. Right. If you make a mistake, accept it, embrace it, look for the lesson. Why did I want this brownie? You know, what, what is it that I'm giving myself or that I think I'm giving myself and then just get right back on, on, on track and, and yeah. don't tell yourself all these stories about how, oh, I'm a failure. Oh, I can't do anything right. Because yeah. as soon as you start keeping the weight of all those negative emotions on yourself, then you're going to want to soothe yourself even more. And that's going to drive you to yeah. just charge off down the wrong path again. Right. It's just the moderation of enjoying something because you want to enjoy it. And that's, that's fine too. You know, it's a little bit of um, an experiment. Also, how many times per week can I Mm -hmm. afford to give myself a little, a little extra treat and not sabotage the work that I'm doing? Because you don't have to be perfect. You know, you don't have to follow this rigid structured diet every day perfectly in order to see results. I lost the, when I, when I lost my 85 pounds, I was still eating popcorn and mm-hmm. cheesecake and, uh, Doritos, you know, you know, whatever it was, um, just not every day and not making it my meal. You know, it's, this mm-hmm. is a little something that I'm going to take a few bites of until I'm satisfied. But whereas I used to make a whole meal out of a piece of cheesecake. Now I take two or three bites and I put it back in the fridge and then I have some for next time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That moderation part of, you know, enjoying it doesn't have to be a huge thing. It doesn't have to be consuming. It can, you know, that mindfulness of when we eat and I think savoring the flavors and enjoying that part of it, you know, a bite can be more powerful in that way than a whole piece. Yes. Something I noticed as I was doing a lot of work around really focusing on all the physical and emotional sensations when, when you take a bite of something that you, that you love to eat is that your enjoyment starts to fade, at least for me, Mm -hmm. my enjoyment started to fade after the third bite. I, you know, I sat down with a piece of cheesecake and one bite every 10 minutes and really focusing on all the, you know, the mouthfeel, the emotional reaction, my physical reaction. It tasted amazing until about the third bite. And then I realized I'm getting this kind of sticky, sugary film on my mouth. I don't like quite so much. 
After the fourth bite, I was totally done. And that was such a revelation to me because before I would have just hoovered my way through that whole thing, I would have probably eaten it before I even realized I was done with it. And I, I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much after eating, yeah. you know, three times more of it. Yeah. They say in general, like you don't even recognize your body doesn't recognize it's full for like 20 minutes. And so that's why if you slow down, you know, the process, smaller bites, chewing more, being mindful and enjoying the different textures and flavors, mm -hmm. you yeah. will get more out of it than consuming more. And you'll eat less too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And so one of the things I always look at as self-care as well is our gratitude about recognizing those little moments, finding those joys in the little things, because I think that gets overlooked, but can be so powerful in our self-love and our self-care. And so what would you say are some of the things you're the most grateful for? I am, I'm really grateful for the coach training that I've had because it has really shown me the power of, of working on my thoughts and especially identifying my self-judgment thoughts, my, my negative thoughts, focusing on the thing I think that has hurt me most over the course of my life is how I focus so much on what I did wrong, what mm -hmm. I screwed up, what I, what I don't have instead of what I do have. And when you focus so much on, on negatives and, and the things that you, you are experiencing scarcity around it magnifies that, that feeling of negativity. And that is not effective motivation. You know, when I shift to what did I do right today? You know, what do I have that I'm grateful for? And even, even if I, I come home and I'm exhausted, I've had a really rough day at work and I'm, I catch myself focusing on, you know, this, this job is ruining my life. No, I, I choose to go to work. This job is actually allowing me to do the things that I want to do in my life. Mm -hmm. And there are plenty of people in this world who would kill to have my problems. You know, there's a lot of people out there who, who don't have a job that pays their bills. And that is, it, it really is what you choose to focus on. So consciously intercepting my, my tendency to focus on negatives, shifting to the positives and really focusing on the positives has, I can't even tell you, it has calmed me down so much. And I, I, it has really helped me to see a different path forward. I love that. That's fantastic. You know, thank you so much, Natalie. Where can people find you? How can they connect with you and work with you? Um, they can go to my website, which is nolimitscoachingnow.com. Mm -hmm. And right at the top of the page is a button you can click for a free 30 minute consult. And there's also a couple of free videos. Uh, one talks about um, what I call my, my uh, 10 commandments of weight loss, my 10 biggest mm -hmm. aha moments as I was learning to work on my mindset as I was losing weight. Mm -hmm. And there's also a video on stress resilience which uh, really I, I kind of find like weight loss and, and stress management are kind of two yeah. sides of the same coin. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And the links will definitely be live in the show notes below. So thank you so much, Natalie, for joining thank us you. today. Thanks for having me. I it was really a pleasure to be here. Thanks so much again for joining me today. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please let me know any questions or comments that you have. Also, if you can please leave an Apple five-star review so that this episode can be shared with more women. There's two quotes that I love, alone we may be strong, but together we are stronger, as well as when women support each other, incredible things happen. So let's be stronger and incredible together, as well as maybe just have some fun along the way. Thanks so much and talk to you soon. Bye.